0: Hey, folks. Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. Well, today, I want to give you a throwback video, a video that I originally did six or eight months ago, and I want to do it for two reasons. One, it's a great video. And two, it's really very much in the style of what I try to do here at Digging Deeper Jazz, which is give you something that's going to make you sound better today, not just interesting information that'll tickle your brain and then have you confused for the rest of your life. So I think this is actionable stuff. So if you haven't seen it yet, you're going to love it, Solo Better. And for those of you that saw this six or eight months ago, it's time to get back to this idea and dig into it a little deeper. And, if you haven't yet, I want to work with you at jazzwire.net. So please make your way there. You can register for 50% off. This is for Digging Deeper Jazz viewers only. Check it out. You can register for 50% off using the code DIGGINGSPRING. I can't wait to work with you at Jazzwire. Enjoy the video. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. I'm Jeff Antoniak. And today, this may be a no-brainer, but I want to make you solo better. Um, all my students want to solo better. I want to solo better. So there you go. That's the topic of today. This is for all instruments. This includes drums. This includes singers. All instruments. This is conceptual stuff. This is not saxophone lessons here. So what I want to talk about today is using um, one of the most sort of elementary things that we have going for us playing jazz and this kind of popular African-based, African-American music call and response. It's so simple, little kids know what it is, but this can be a huge thing to help us out in our soloing, and we're going to do some playing today over the song uh, Speak Low. Now, I've been asked this about 25 times in the last week by people on jazzwire.net, and some people are making some comments about how to keep their solos from sort of meandering or getting sort of lost in the phrasing a little bit, you know, just sort of getting screwed up that way or losing their spot in the changes entirely. And that's one of the big things we're working on this week at Jazzwire. And um, that's one of the things that this concept can really help us with. This idea that music, and indeed, I think, much art, is about call and response. We say something, and then there's a response back. So that's simple. So I want to play you an example. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to loop A sections, the first 16 measures of a great song called Speak Low. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play... Two measures, and then I'm going to leave two measures and I'm going to be playing the responses later on. Not that this is composed up, but I'm going to play two measures and leave two measures empty. And as I'm doing this, I want you to hear what comes next. Just what, like when I say, Hey, my name's Jeff, what's your name? You hear in your head what comes next. Maybe that's an obvious one. Maybe I say, I have a black car. And your response could be, so what? I don't care. Or your response could be, me too. Or your response could be, I hope I have a car one day. Your response could be, you know what? I don't really care about driving. I'm never going to have a car. There's a lot of possible responses. But you heard one in your head, right? That's what I want us to get to do. The thing is, the most elementary of you out there, whoever that is, is hearing stuff in your head. You hear a response to music, but we get so wrapped up with the instrument, sometimes it's hard to find. So let me do this for you. I'm going to play a little bit, and the sheet I'm going to put up, um, there are. we'll, we'll get to what the notation is later, but the circle is where I'm going to play. I'm going to play for two measures, and then there's a line, and that's going to be where I'm not going to play, but I want you to hear a possible response. Now here's the thing. There isn't one response. There isn't a right answer and a wrong answer. I just want you to hear something that answers what I said. Then on the second line, I'll play two and I'll leave a space. I want you to think. I want you to hear. I want you to imagine. An interesting thing would be to imagine what would Miles Davis play in that spot. What would Bill Evans play in that spot? Okay, here we go. Okay, I just did four little calls. Now, I would find it hard to believe that anybody didn't hear anything. You literally heard the sound of crickets in your head. That may be the sign of something bigger than what I can handle here talking about jazz education. I'm not imagining that's what we heard. You heard something. Now, here's the thing. If it was going by fast and you were overwhelmed and whatever, a very good thing to do is repeat what you heard. You can repeat what you heard. So very often, traditional call and response, if someone plays ba-da-da-ba-da, you could play back. Ba-da-da-ba-da. Repeating a musical idea is not a bad thing. So at the very least, you can repeat the idea. Now, when you say, hi, my name's Bob, my response isn't, hi, my name's Bob, because it isn't. My name's Jeff. So some calls have responses that really, we can hear the relation. It could be a direct response. We could use many of the same words or all the same words. Pleased to meet you. Oh, I'm pleased to meet you. The same words. It worked out. Now, sometimes I'll say something and everything you say is entirely different. I ask you a question. You give me an answer. There are so many ways to do with this. But the biggest thing is I want you to be aware of playing something And then imagine yourself responding. Imagine somebody else responding. Now, when we do this, two plus two, it doesn't always have to be two measures, but it gives us these fantastic four-measure phrases that have a little mystery, a question and an answer inside each one. And we can take it from there. It's, It's really pretty cool. Let me do it one more time. I'll play some different stuff, see what you come up with. Right now, I am speaking, as always, to the adult amateurs, the semi-pros out there. You can listen if you're not one of those. If you're a good high school kid, if you're a college music major, yeah, you can listen. But that's not who I'm speaking to. With these videos, um, something as small as this can really make a difference. So I hope that was um, different for you. That idea of hearing two measures. And hearing a response, that was you coming up with a creative answer to what I just said. You do it all day long with English, so why in the world can't you do it with music? Okay, maybe you're less experienced. Maybe you don't have the chops to get around the instrument, but that's not what I said. You're hearing something. Whether you can play it on the instrument, that's where you go and practice. That's where we work on this at Jazzwire. But the fact that you are hearing something, you're hearing a response. So I want you in your playing to do this kind of thing. This is a way to practice. So here's practice assignment number one. Do what I just did. Play whatever song it is, anything that has four measure phrases, which is most songs. Play two measures and rest and just get comfortable at saying something. Get comfortable at saying a sentence that makes some degree of sense. That's kind of the main thing. Then when that gets to be a little more second nature, start hearing what the response might be. Everything I played there was improvised. I didn't write it or you know plan on playing that stuff. But everything I played also I, I was singing responses in my head, which was I counting three, two, three, four, four, two, three, four. Was I counting the rest Hell no. I was singing something back that took up the space of those rests. So I wasn't counting. So that's how great musicians get beyond the the fundamental stuff like counting rests and all that sort of stuff. They're hearing music in their head that fits that spot. Okay, so now let me do this a couple times. And what I'm going to do is play something and I'll play an answer. Now, sometimes you may hear a rhythmic Response. You may hear, I play one rhythm, and I play the same rhythm with different notes. You may hear, I play a rhythm, bop, bop, ba, dot, dot, and I answer it with a different rhythm. Bop, bop. You may hear that I play something, and then I transpose it to a different pitch level. There are so many ways to do it, including an answer that's a non sequitur. I just play something that came after what, you know, there's a lot of ways to do it. So, see if you can hear some of that in my playing. We heard all kinds of stuff in there from, you know, simple repetition of a rhythmic idea all the way to transposing and side slipping and stuff like that. By the way, next week's video is on some of that outside playing. And this is the setup for that side slipping. It's uh, this idea of taking something up or down a half step, which I did a little bit of in there. And... um, This, to to be successful with that, really takes good control of where we're at in the measure and where we're at in the phrasing, as far as I'm concerned. So this is a fantastic setup. So that is the second assignment. Assignment one was play two measures and leave space. Do not play. And I want you to, first of all, be comfortable with that. Second part of the first exercise is now hear something in there, but don't play it. Get used to playing something and it begging an answer. That, by the way, gets to be how you get to play successfully with a band. That, those are rhythm section players that want to play with you. You're playing something that begs a response from the comping instruments or the drummer. Okay, this is good stuff. This is high-level stuff at this, at this point. Now, the second part is play two measures and now answer it. So I was having fun. I was getting carried away and sort of playing over the bar line. Sometimes my res- my questions were a little shorter and my answers were longer, but it still had that shape of call and response inside four measures. That is a blast. So um, I hope you will dig into this. This is, as I said, fantastic for someone who's really at the beginning point of not wanting to meander around their solos or getting lost in a four measure phrase, all the way up to like grad student, pro, semi-pro level, of how do I get that drummer to call me for a gig? Well, I tell you how you get that drummer to call you for a gig. Be fun to play with. Be a musician that wants to talk and have a musical conversation. That's one of the ways to do it. And uh, as always, if you want to dig into this stuff further and get some real personalized advice, check out jazzwire.net. I hope we'll see you over there. I'm going to play a little bit on the way out. Here we go.